Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Places Where We Go podcast, where today we continue exploring the city of Krakow in Poland. Last time we were together, we talked about a whole bunch of things that you could see in the market square itself. Today, we're still in the central city of Krakow, but we're venturing beyond the market square. And we have about nine places that we're going to touch on to visit in Krakow beyond the city center, plus a few bonus things as well. So let's uh, start with a small nugget of Krakow's history. Archaeologists have studied the land currently occupied by Krakow and determined that there has been inhabitants there since the Stone Age. Over the centuries, the land has been ruled by a West Slavic tribe called the Vistulians, believed to have been the first Slavic people to form a state in that area. While Warsawa or Warsaw is the capital of Poland today, that was not always the case. In 1038, Casimir I made Krakow the country's capital. We learned that while we were there. I remember reading that in several places. A few centuries later, Casimir III, the Great, transformed the kingdom into a prosperous land. He established the Krakow Academy, the second university in that part of the world, after the University of Prague was established. Krakow remains Poland's capital until the year 1596. There is an immense amount of history in this area, so much more that there's no way we can cover it on this one podcast. So we'll have some links to some related books in the show notes and blog that will follow this episode on our website. So one of the things we'll touch on also very quickly is if you end up getting to Krakow by coming to the airport, the airport itself is just 15 kilometers away from the city center, so it's fairly close, and there's numerous transportation options upon arrival. You have buses that run hourly throughout the night, and those are your cheapest option. You can get a taxi. Those are available 24 hours a day. That's about your fastest option, but that's also going to be your most expensive mode of transportation. And trains are another option. Those only run until just after midnight. And if you find that you arrive in Krakow in the evening, it's recommended that you pre-book a private transfer to get yourself from the airport to the city center. If you've been listening along to our podcast, you know that we were traveling throughout the country and getting from one city to another by train. And that is how we arrived in the city. And um, while the first thing that we did was hit the market square, we soon ventured beyond that Mm -hmm. and got to one of the most amazing places we saw in Krakow. Absolutely amazing. This place is called Vavel Castle. So after this fantastic market square that we were visiting, we ventured off to one of the most significant places in Krakow that is called Wawel Castle. Zamek Królewski na Wawelu. 
Yes, I'm still glad you said that. It is close to the market square at the south end of the old town. This castle was home to Polish monarchy, and it's one of the largest royal castles in Europe. Over the decades, numerous elements were added to the structure, so you'll see a mix of architectural styles throughout the castle. And before you get inside, you have to go through the process of getting tickets. So let's... Oh, that was fun. Let us tell you about that, because this had um, some nuance to it. So... I just remember when we were there, it felt like the slowest line we ever stood in to get tickets for anything. So we walked up to the line. It didn't look very long. There was maybe about 20 to 30 people in front of us, but it took us over 45 minutes standing in the hot sun to finally get to the ticket counter. So our tip is get your tickets in advance if you can, but there's also some challenges with that, and we'll talk about this. So during our visit, and I believe it's the same today because I was just on the website a couple of nights ago. Entry for every part of the castle is a la carte and time-stamped. So there's no all-inclusive ticket to visit all of the Favel Castle. You have to select the sections you want to visit, and then you get a timed ticket to get to that section. Now, there are free tickets available for guided groups, but those are extremely limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Advanced tickets before the day of your visit are available online, but only within the week of your visit. So if you knew that you were going to be going to Krakow three months from now, you could not get a ticket to Vavil Castle for that time, which is unlike a lot of other famous castles and places that we've visited in Europe. And overall, the number of tickets available each day is very limited. So you'll have to kind of plan your ticket strategy if you want to visit Vavil Castle. And it is something that you absolutely should put on your list if you're in Krakow. Mm -hmm. And just know you cannot enter with backpacks, large bags, baby carriers with frames, strollers, umbrellas, and Nordic walking sticks when you visit. If you have any of those items, you'll have to check them in the check room that is located in the arcaded courtyard before you enter the exhibitions. A little bit more about the castle. It overlooks the Vistula River, and it's a absolutely gorgeous spot for a castle. Yes, if I was building a castle, I might put it there myself. Well, and we, of course, know it was also very strategic to put it in that area. There are about six sections that you can visit at the castle, and I'm going to start with the Crown Treasury and Armory. This permanent exhibit showcases Poland's equivalent of the Crown Jewels. It's an homage to the historic institutions from the castle's history featuring precious historical artifacts of the official state treasure. Jewelry, gold and silver items, textiles, coins, state insignias, and royal banners are on display. The significant piece is the mantle of the Order of the Holy Spirit, which was gifted to Jan III Sobieski from Louis XIV upon the victory of the Battle of Vienna. The overall highlight is Poland's coronation sword, which was used between 1320 and 1764. It's one of the most important relics in Polish history. It is worthy to note that after the third partition of Poland in 1795, the Prussians looted the crown treasury, melting many of the contents and deprived us of witnessing the complete former splendor of this beautiful collection. Yeah, it is unfortunate you think about all of the wars that have happened in Europe, and as a result, there are all kinds of treasures 
of cultural significance that have been lost. Or destroyed. So, yeah. which is another reason, yeah, that we uh, like to see the things that are available today. Because you don't know if they're going to be there tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, in this, in this crazy, crazy world. Another exhibit that's on the premises is called The Lost Vavel. This exhibit showcases archaeological aspects of the castle, which focus on the restored remains of the Rotunda of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Krakow's first church, royal kitchens, and a coach house. You'll also see virtual recreations of what Vavel Hill looked like over 1,000 years ago. A place that we actually visited was the staterooms. These are ornate and spacious high-ceilinged rooms. Back in the day, they were used for ceremonial events and hosted sessions of the same and Senate, royal audiences, wedding receptions, and balls. Staterooms are available to visit over three levels. You'll see fantastic artwork and furniture from the 16th century. And the additional parts of the castle that you can visit and tour include the royal private apartments, there's an exhibit called Vavel Recovered, and Art of the Orient Ottoman Turkish Tents. So much to see inside the walls of the castle, plus there's a royal gardens area to explore. So you you can easily spend hours, probably the whole day, if not a couple of days, exploring all these different parts of the castle and all of the exhibits that are available. So the castle, if you're in Krakow, is very, very much worth visiting. And there's a bit more on the grounds as well. Mm-hmm. On the grounds is also Vavel Cathedral. This cathedral is free to enter, and some regard it as the most important building in all of Poland. This is where nearly every Polish king and queen were crowned, which is amazing because that goes way back. When you enter Wawel Cathedral, you'll see a collection of enormous bones hanging on the entrance left side. And we'll get to those in our next section. In the middle of the cathedral is the tomb of the former Bishop of Krakow, St. Stanislav. Inside, there are 18 chapels. Everyone is ornate as you can imagine in this very important cathedral. This cathedral is where Karol Wojtyła served as archbishop before becoming Pope John Paul II. Monarchs from the 12th and 13th century are buried here. There are no photos allowed when you come inside the cathedral. And there is no photos allowed anywhere on the castle grounds on inside places. So Wawel Cathedral is the resting place for many deceased members of Polish royalty. However, Wawel also has several bones that are not human and are said to be all that remains of a dragon who once terrorized the area. This dragon is known as Smok Wawelski, or in English, the Wawel Dragon. So let's take a moment and tell you one of the stories of the Wawel Dragon. The legendary beast lived in a den under Wawel Hill and terrorized the people of King Crack's town. Some say the dragon demanded ransoms of cattle. Others say the dragon only devoured virgins, requiring one every month. Living under this terror, nobody could get rid of the dragon. That is, until a young cobbler named Crock came up with a plan. He put a bait of sulfur inside a dead sheep, leaving the snack for the dragon to eat. The dragon took the bait, became violently ill, 
and went to drink water from the Vistula River, but since water cannot extinguish burning sulfur, the gases caused the dragon to explode. The townsfolks rejoiced, the shoemaker was rewarded, married a princess and became king, and built a castle over the dragon's cave, and the townspeople named the city in his honor. So Mr. Kruk, who slew the dragon, now has the town Krakow, named after him. And today, the sculpture of this beast can be seen by the Vistula River near the dragon's den at the foot of Vavel Hill. So, Julie, you mentioned that when you enter Vavel Cathedral, there's these bones that are hanging on mm-hmm. the, at the entrance, mm-hmm. and those, some say, are the bones of this dragon. But I believe through further research, they're actually believed to be the fossilized bones of either an ancient whale or a woolly mammoth, whatever they are, they're hanging in front of the cathedral. Some people still believe that those bones have a magical property and are supposed to have protected the city from destruction during the centuries of Polish partition and during World War II. Whatever their origin, they've been at Wawel for centuries. That's pretty incredible. So the next thing we're going to talk about is a city tour. It's an excellent way to see the city. And we booked a golf cart tour that took us around parts of the town one afternoon. It was perfect. On our city tour, we were led through the Casimir's district or the Jewish quarter. This area is located south of Old Town and was the major area of Jewish life for over 500 years until its destruction during World War II. The area did not receive nurturing during the following communist era, and it fell into further ruin. Today, the area has rebounded and is a bustling Bohemian area filled with historical sites, art galleries, and cafes. If you want to visit a place in Europe that provides a sense of the pre-war Jewish culture, this is the place to visit. We also stopped in front of a few Catholic churches, which we were able to enter and visit on our tour. Among these were the St. Michael the Archangel and St. Stanislaus the Bishop and Martyr Basilica, or also known as Skałka, which means a small rock in Polish. The church stands where St. Stanislaus was slain as ordered by King Bolesław II the Bold in 1079, and upon this edict, the king was exiled. The church has been part of a monastic community since 1472, and it's one of the most famous sanctuaries in the whole country. And interestingly, every elected king of Poland since that declaration by Bolesław II has made a pilgrimage to Skałka on the eve of his coronation as penance for the disgraceful action of their predecessor, Bolesław II. There's many distinguished Poles who are buried in this basilica. Two of them include Karol Szymanowski, who's a very important composer and pianist of Poland, and the Nobel Prize poet Czesław Miłosz, who uh, just died not even 10 years ago. And we have a number of his poetry books in our bookcase, Mm -hmm. Julie. Yeah. Outside the basilica, a fountain dispenses water from which pilgrims drink. There's also the open-air altar of the three millennia outside with seven statues of important Polish historical figures six of which are venerated today as saints in the Catholic Church. Back on our tour, 
We also stopped in front of several synagogues, but two of the three required payment to enter. It was about 10 zwati. The lady it said, was like, ten, you can't get in. You have to pay this. We're not going to even let you look. She said, 10 zwati, no free, no yeah. free. <laughs> you can find several tours of Old Town on TripAdvisor, and we'll have our recommended tours in an upcoming blog post. Most of these will highlight the Old Town, the Casimir's district, the Jewish ghetto of World War II, Schindler's factory, several Catholic churches, Jewish synagogues, and the Podgorsky Market, which throughout the area is also lots of street art. Mm -hmm. A few other things that you'll find in the city. One is the National Museum in Krakow. It features an extensive collection and three permanent exhibits, and this is located west of the Market Square area. The exhibits include 20th century collection of Polish art, a military exhibition which showcases over 1,500 artifacts of Poland's military history, and a decorative arts and crafts gallery which features works from the Middle Ages to the present day. Another place is the Sanctuary of Divine Mercy, and this is located a bit south of the city center in a suburb of Krakow. It is the resting place of St. Faustina. It's a very popular pilgrimage site for Catholics, St. Faustina entered the Congregation of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy at the age of 20, and she received an apparition of Jesus on the first Sunday of Lent in 1931 at her convent in Płock, Poland. The image she described is the image we see today of the divine mercy of Jesus. St. Faustina died in Krakow, and after her death, Pope John Paul II officially designated Divine Mercy Sunday and canonized Sister Faustina on Divine Mercy Sunday in 2000. Today, Catholics celebrate her feast day each year on October 5th. The sanctuary includes a relatively new basilica and a 19th century convent where St. Faustina Kowalska saw a vision of Christ. On site is also a building called the House of St. Faustina where items from her life are displayed. The original church on the grounds contains the saints' relics and is visited by nearly two million pilgrims every year. Also in Krakow, if you're there and if you're a fan of airplanes and military history, you may want to check out the Polish Aviation Museum. It's one of the largest aircraft museums in the world. Its collection highlights aviation history as shown through its extensive collection of aircraft and machinery. Specimens include gliders, fighter jets from World War I through the Cold War, anti-aircraft weaponry, and there's artifacts that tell the story of the Polish Air Force through displays of uniforms and military documents. If you love aviation history, this is one of the best such museums you can visit anywhere in the world. Another place outside the city center is Schindler's Factory and Mokak. The Oscar Schindler Enameled Goods Factory reopened to the public in 2010. This was made famous by the Steven Spielberg's film Schindler's List. This museum highlights Krakow during Nazi occupation from 1939 to 1945 in a permanent exhibition. The experience takes visitors through many historical events, life during the German occupation, the fate of the Jewish people, the underground resistance movement in Krakow, 
media, including radio and film recordings and photos, and an archival document area. A large part of the space is the home of Mocock, a contemporary art museum. At least two to two and a half hours are recommended for this visit, and it's recommended to buy tickets in advance. So there's at least nine things to do in Krakow beyond the market square. And, you know, Julie, I was just struck by how friendly the people were. I remember one afternoon we were walking down the street and this young, lovely lady approached me and invited me inside the, one of the abodes in Krakow, I think down into a basement. Yes. By the way, I was with you. You were with me. <laughs> she wanted me to come with her to a place called Wild Nights. <laughs> But I had other places to see on my list. So so I had... Big city living. Big city living in the daytime. I passed on the wild nights, but yeah, lots of friendly people in town. Very you, friendly. You know, yeah, just like any big city, you can run into all kinds of things there. So anyways, back to the serious stuff. You could spend weeks in Krakow exploring everything mm-hmm. that there is to see. I mean, we spent a week there. Mm-hmm. And felt like we kind of scratched the surface and there's so much more. So I think if you plan to go to Krakow, I don't think this is a place that I would limit to like two days or three days. I think you want more time in a city like this because it offers so much. Well, and its history is so incredibly long and rich and they've preserved that history within the city. So there's just so much to see. Mm Mm-hmm. And as we typically say, after doing all that walking around and seeing all that stuff, you're going to get hungry, so let's talk about food. So when you hear the phrase Polish food, what do you think of? Pierogi. Yeah, most people don't even know, but... I do, I do. Yes. Polish sausage. Vodka. Yes. So what's the Polish sausage that they call it? um... Oh, kielbasa. Oh, kielbasa. Kielbasa. Our food experience was great there. They have fantastic food. And we discussed in the Great Market Square in the last episode, you'll likely find yourself returning here while you're visiting the city just to come for the food because there's so much available there. So one more place we enjoyed to drink was underground beneath the Town Hall Tower. It's a place where people have been getting tipsy or just plain drunk for over a thousand years. And who are we to stop that tradition? We went down, mm-hmm. very cr- cramped quarters, old, very, very old. Basementy bricks. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I really enjoyed that. I had a Cosmopolitan, which I usually don't drink stuff like that. Yeah, that was but, unusual for you. Yeah, but, but you it were just in seemed the mood. fitting. Yes. <laughs> And you had a white Russian, which you very much love so much. So if you want a libation in Krakow, a great place is downstairs in the Town Hall Tower Bar. Another place that we ate at, and it's actually where we had our last meal when we were in Krakow, was a place called Pod Baranam. And this was one of the best experiences that we had in our entire time in Poland. They had the most professional waiter staff we encountered. So this was like one of those places where the waiters, they're not only like dressed to the nines, but the when they come out with the food, it's kind of choreographed and like every plate comes down at the table at the same time. It's, it's kind of like an event. The food was superb. We had 
mushroom soup that was served in a bread bowl. So like when you've seen those photos of like at San Francisco's pier and people get the uh, sourdough with the clam Mm -hmm, chowder, mm -hmm. just take out the clam chowder and put in mushroom soup with forest mushrooms. And that's what this was. Vegetarian stuffed cabbage. We had a black forest tort that was delicious. And we had bottles of Polish wine, which was interesting because I remember during our three weeks in Poland, when we would go out to eat, I had my eyes open for Polish wine Mm -hmm. and we didn't see it very many places, but they definitely had it here. And so we definitely wanted to try some and it was enjoyable with our dinner. And there's so much more in uh, Krakow. They have lots of carts that you just buy food from, and they have like little specialty foods that are pretty specific to Krakow. Kind of like a street food yeah, experience. Yeah, street foods, yeah. So there's just all kinds of things, depending on, you know, what kind of mood you're in. So I mentioned when we arrived in Krakow, we came here by train. And because we were in the country traveling without a car and kind of getting from one place to another... With a lot of walking, I always was trying to get us a place to stay that was fairly close to the train station. So in Krakow, we found a lodging that was within, it was no more than two block walk from the train station. And this was a place called the Platinum Apart Hotel. And so the nice thing about it, two things. One is it was very close to the train station, so we didn't have to take a taxi or an Uber. It was just a, a short walk. We were there. It was also a little little bit off of the main market square. So as you get further away from the main market square, you'll pay a little bit less. And then if there is a downside, it's that you're going to have to walk a little bit further to get to the main market square. And for us from this place, it was only about a 10 minute walk or so. So, and I always find, I mean, that to me, that's reasonable, but it was also one of the biggest lodgings we had. It had a bedroom, a sitting room. There was a dining room with a table a kitchen. And unfortunately, I think the the worst bathroom experience we had only because the way the shower was configured didn't really allow for good drainage. And I remember the first day there taking a shower, finding all of a sudden that water was seemed to be like seeping everywhere. And I was in this panic trying to find towels to soak up the water. So we kind of quickly learned we had to make this barrier of towels <laughs> on the side of the shower when we took our shower so that the water wasn't running everywhere. So maybe since we visited, maybe they fixed that. Other than the bathroom thing, it was a fantastic place to stay, great price, great location. And um, if you're looking for a place nearby the Market Square at a reasonable price, close to the train station, Platinum Apart Hotel, will do the trick and we will have a link to them in the show notes. All right, let's do some fun facts. I agree. <laughs> Here we go. The official name of the city is the Royal Capital City of Krakow. That's a mouthful. Yeah, kind of like the official name of Los Angeles is not Los Angeles. Yeah. It's got a much longer name. Yeah. And I should know what it is off the top of my head because I've city lived here. City of Angels or City... So I did find the official name of Los Angeles, Julie, and it is in Spanish... El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora La Reina de Los Ángeles de Porcuncula. Excuse my butchery of the Spanish language, which in English means the town of Our Lady, the Queen of the Angels of Porcuncula. So it's a lot easier to say Los, a- Los Angeles, <laughs> just as it's easier to say Krakow instead of Royal Capital City of Krakow. Mm. The University of Krakow was founded in 1364, 
making it the second oldest university in Central Europe. On March 24, 1794, at the main square, Tadeusz Kostrzuszko, pardon my butchery of the language, announced a general uprising and assumed power as commander-in-chief of Polish armed forces. This began the famous Kostrzuszko Uprising. There was several little information placards in places we visited mm-hmm. with that, and so it was yeah, very well known in Poland. In 1978, Karol Wojtyła, Archbishop of Krakow, was elevated to the papacy as Pope John Paul II, the first non-Italian pope in 455 years. And in 2013, Krakow was officially approved as a UNESCO city of literature. So Krakow is a wonderful town. Like we mentioned, if you come to the city, we would plan on multiple days, you know, close to a week if you can. We've spent the last two episodes talking about wonderful things you could do in the Market Square, which is a whole event in and of itself. On this episode, places you could visit in the broader city. The other thing that's available to you if you stay in Krakow is there are several wonderful day trips that you can take from this place, and those will be the subject of our next podcast. So we're going to continue in Poland for at least one more episode, maybe two. We'll see how it goes. And uh, as always, kind of, you know, we thank you for joining us at the places where we go, sharing our travel stories, and hopefully you hear some things of interest that will make you want to plan a trip to Poland or any of the other places we have spoken about on prior episodes. So again, we really appreciate that you join us for our podcast episodes, and we hope that you stay with us in the continuing story of Poland. Until next time, do widzenia. Do widzenia. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.